Welcome to Talk 30 to Me, a show where we talk about the perspective of 30-somethings on life. My kid is an asshole. Love. Did I tell you about the girl? twice in a week. And the never-ending pursuit of fulfillment. My name is Anthony, but most people just call me Turd. And I'm Randy Z. Let's start the show. So we're joined today by our guest, Janice Yamoka. And Janice, for those who might not know you or anything about what you do or um, anything about your background, why don't you give us a little bit about yourself over the past, you know, five or 10 years? <laughs> well, um, In a nutshell. like you said, my name is Janice Yamoka and I am a native Angelino. I grew up in uh, San Gabriel Valley in a, in a place called Roland Heights off the freeway next to speed zone. I don't know. Everyone always knows Roland Heights because they passed speed zone one time or another. But uh, yeah, so I'm a radio producer. I started off in in writing digital. I was like writing articles, interviews and stuff like that, mainly entertainment journalism. Now I do, I still kind of dabble in entertainment journalism, but I also write a lot about Latino issues. I work for a show called Latino USA on NPR. And yeah, I live in New York now. <laughs> and yeah, I'm um, hoping to get back to LA soon. So take me through your 20s. Like, what were you doing after college that kind of prompted you to join the radio production kind of career path? So I graduated in the recession, 2009, which was a pretty interesting time for me and all my friends. You know, we all kind of graduated with the pressure of, you know, we have to like have this full-time salary job and, and make X amount a year and own a home and get married. And I think it, you know, it was the generation before us that kind of set those unrealistic goals for us at the time. Uh, the recession, you know, I was a waitress for like five years after college, but I really, 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 really wanted to do, um, I wanted to be a VJ. I had like MTV dreams. And I actually ended up interning at MTV <laughs> News. I know, I wanted to be like, I'm trying to think, like Lala or something. Like I wanted to do... I was thinking AJ and Sky, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, like Power 106. I wanted, to, I just, I mean, it's not, not Power 106, 106 in Park. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to do like in front of the camera, like music related, uh, just like kind of work. I went to MTV News and as an intern and they had just laid off their entire floor. I think there was like seven people when I joined. Um, so that dream was pretty much done because I was like, no one's going to hire me. They just laid off like 30 plus people. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I bounced around from internship to internship, uh, got a start in um, at Power 106 and I was doing music blogging. I, I, I was like, maybe I'll be a radio person. I'll be a radio VJ. I'll be like, yes, your tease or Liz Hernandez. And um, and then I realized that's also not what I wanted to do. Um, I, I real, I'm sorry, go ahead. So how, how did you figure out that that wasn't what you wanted to do? You know, I, I kind of thought, I, I don't know. I, I, I think I went in with thinking like I was going to be able to talk a little more about different things. And when I got there and I started working with the actual on-air personalities, I realized that a lot of it's, you know, reading ads and mm. like just reading the, you know, telling uh, what song is coming up and like what song that was and just like doing a lot of script, scripted stuff. And I just felt like that's not what I wanted to do. Like I wanted to do something with a, not that it doesn't have substance because, you know, we all love our radio on, on our personalities, but I don't think it was enough for me 
to just be like, yeah. I want to do this every single day. It wasn't enough for me. The interviews are cool. I mean, I was there for like Ludacris and like all these other artists that came in, you know, emerging artists and like OG artists, but it just, it just wasn't enough for me. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to derail you, but could continue on with your, uh, taking us through your journey of your, your career. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, I, uh, started blogging. I, it was like an era where like hip hop blogs were coming up and I don't know if you guys are hip hop heads or, you know, like what your preference is, but I, I would follow like two dope boys and you heard that new and, and miss info and different blogs like that. And eventually I started my own and I focused a lot on West coast hip hop. And then eventually I started writing for the leakers, LA leakers, and they're just two DJs at mm. Power 106, just mm. incredible and sour milk. I started their website and I started running their socials and I kind of just got my start in that digital field, I guess, started writing. And then I kind of just, you know, lived in this digital blog, a social media world for a few years and eventually ended up at Hip Hop DX. And there was an editor there that told me like, hey, you should write long form. And then I was like, all right. So she gave me my first interview and that was with DJ Jazzy Jeff. And I was like, kind of like, I was so nervous. It was my first like long form interview. It was my first like hour interview with, a, with someone who, you know, has had a long career. And yeah, so then I started with doing that and I was um, kind of freelancing on the side, writing articles, uh, doing reviews, you know, writing interviews and stuff like that. And then eventually I just wanted something completely different. I ended up going to grad school in Barcelona and I did journalism in Spanish. Like I did the entire journalism program in Spanish, which was really hard because I speak Spanish at home, but I don't, I never studied Spanish. I never formally had an education in Spanish, but you know, me learning it and living it was enough, I guess, um, for the time. And then, yeah, so then I uh, wanted to work at Latino USA and now I'm here. So what, what prompted the uh, going to grad school in, you say, Spain? Yeah, I, went to, I was in Spain, yeah. So what, where did that all come about? Like, how did that come into like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take this leap and go into another country and go to school. I think, I, I think for me, well, I, I, uh, I mean, I had a lot of factors going on. I didn't like my job. I just was a toxic environment at the time. You know, I just, the leadership wasn't good to me. It just, I, I just didn't feel like I belonged there, right? And I couldn't grow there. So then I was like, all right, what's my next step? You know, and then, and then I decided, okay, I'm going to go to Columbia grad school. And so I, on a trip to New York to visit one of my editors, I, I like asked her like, oh, you know, can I crash at your place while I visit Columbia to kind of see like how much it's going to be. So I had an appointment with the grad school, whatever. And, you know, they broke down all the totals to me and it was <laughs> insane. It was like 60 to 80,000. Wow. Jesus. And I was like, well, I'm never going to go to grad school in Columbia because, you know, I, I went to Cal State Fullerton in California. So that was, you know, it was a state school and like, mm -hmm. I like Pretty graduated debt free. Oh, wow. So yeah. Good well, for you. Thank Shit. you. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm really proud of that. I mean, it's hard nowadays, but you know, like there was scholarships. It was before Schwarzenegger like signed some, something to like, I don't know. I just remember that when he was in office, everything kind of just fell apart. It was my last year. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, so I went to Columbia and they quickly shattered my dreams. But I did some more research and I realized they had a sister school, not a sister school, but University of Barcelona offered a Columbia grad school, like journalism 
not a degree, but certificate, but it, but you had to do the grad school in Spanish. So I would get a, like a degree from University of Columbia, but a certificate from Columbia, sorry, University of Barcelona, I would get a diploma, but then I would get ah. a certificate from Columbia. And I was like, oh, well, like, you know, if I could have some connections there, maybe it'll help me a little. And yeah, and it was like one sixth of the cost. It was insanely like, way, way cheaper than like wow. Columbia. And I was like, this I can do like this. I can, you know, get myself a little, little debt for. It was like cheaper than any other grad school I could find that specialized in journalism in the U.S. I had never been to Europe before or really traveled in general. So, yeah, I took the leap. I took two suitcases and landed in a country that I didn't really know. I spoke this. I spoke the language, but that was about it. And how old were you when you were in Spain? I was 27. So 27 through 29-ish, right? No, 27 actually through 28. And then I moved to New York. Okay. 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 Yeah. Well, I guess I guess that was a lot of change. In, yeah, in like it was a lot of change. Years. Yeah. I thought I was like I was going to ask how how hard was it to move to New York, but after you just moved across <laughs> the world, I guess it's not that difficult. It's like coming back home. Yeah. yeah. Like, Shit. Yeah. Maybe you know. Um. I mean, I I didn't mention this, but I was also I think I was going through a breakup, so I think it was that was kind mm-hmm. of something that spurred me to like <laughs> I'm like whatever at this point, you know, like I'm gonna cut my hair, I'm gonna do it all. Yeah. And I think you know, when I hear about you know, people going through like a major life change or, or a breakup. Sometimes that happens. That's included in the life change. They do things like this. And I think, I mean, I think it's just culmination of everything that was going on in my life for me to just, you know, say I'm going to move. And I did. And it was a really interesting time in Spain. And yeah, and it's been, I've kind of, I haven't been back in California since. And I, I love, I love LA. So I'm sad about that, but you know, everything's been good for me though. That's intense. I'm sorry. That that just completely threw me off. Like all that, all my my idea of what the timeline was. <laughs> sorry. Know, sorry. So you, you completed grad school. Was going into Latino USA was that the number one goal, or is that just where you landed, or is it a kind of a mixture of both? Yeah. So um, I I never grew up listening to NPR. Like my my parents. So I am the daughter of two Peruvian parents who immigrated from Peru in the 80s, and Spanish is majority spoken. It's a, it's a language that's spoken at my house. I speak English with my sister, but, you know, to my family and to my parents, we speak in Spanish. So, yeah, I don't think my parents, like, you know, I don't, they don't listen to NPR. They might listen now because I am working for an NPR show, but like I said, NPR sure. wasn't a thing that, like, my parents played in the car. Uh, we listened to a lot of K-Love. I don't know if you guys know what that is. It's, uh, like, <laughs> Spanish oldies, like, romantic yeah. Uh, songs. Um, but anyways, that's what we listen to on the radio. So yeah, so I never listened to NPR. Podcasts were probably becoming a thing at that point. It was about 2015, I think. And there was like, it's like beginning of a boom, right? Um, mm-hmm. At least from what I remember, uh, I had, you know, I, I never listened to podcasts either. And my friend recommended two podcasts. One was this podcast called Strangers, and it was about a woman who had this huge, like, like breakup and moved to India. And it was like, she moved with her son and like, I don't know, it was just like really intense. And it really helped me cope with my own breakup at the time. Really? Because, you know, it's like you're going through a huge loss. Uh, So that was like a podcast she recommended and I ate it up. I listened to every episode. Yeah. And she also recommended Latino USA. 
And she told me, you're going to like it. It's uh, it's about Latinos. And I was like, oh. And I was getting into Latino media at the time. Like I was writing for a mezcla and mm. I was doing little things like Latina and I was doing little things like that. Um, so I listened and I loved it. I was like, also, I, I loved audio. I was like, I want to do audio. That's like a cool way of storytelling. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, and that's and that's pretty much how it started for me. I I started listening. I went through their entire backlog. And it's funny because I work there now. And like when I tell them, I just listened to your show like a year ago and I like want to work for you guys now. Yeah. So yeah. So I, that's how I that's how I found out about them. And I started listening. I would say the entire year I was in Barcelona, I would like listen to Latino USA all the time. And I was like, I have to work there. So you mentioned that you're the daughter of two Peruvian immigrants. How does this move for you working for Latino media, mainstream Latino media, I would say? Um, what what does that mean for you? You know, it might not be mainstream in the conventional sense. NPR is definitely not a Latino, you know, broadcaster. But they're, exactly. they're more inclusive. Uh, yeah. Definitely, I'll give them that. Uh, what, what does it mean for you? And, and how are you taking this move to incite change in, yeah. in your community and in your own life? So I guess like in NPR, I guess you can say it's inclusive. Is that, That's what you said, right? Inclusive? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, looking at the newsroom, at least, well, I don't work in the NPR building. We're an independent show. So, but when I hear reports about the newsroom at NPR and seeing the numbers, it's still majority, majority white. But my newsroom, specifically Latina USA, were, were I think, majority people of color. Of course, 100%. We're a small company, but, I mean, you can see, like, you know, the variety that we have and, like, the different perspectives that we offer. And, and I think that's been, like, a super positive thing for me because it's really beautiful. Also, I, I think I'm really lucky to be working, like, in, um, in this, like, NPR world at Latina USA because... I don't know. It's like our safe space. Like we're, we're just like, you know, we share our opinions and, and I feel like everyone is really respected and we respect each other. Um, so yeah. So, I mean, for me, I think the, what is important to me and I don't know, I mean, I haven't, you know, I, I, I I don't know, like being like the daughter of immigrants, like my parents, they do give me like the, oh yeah, we like your stuff, but I, I don't know if they like really understand what I'm doing. You know, I don't think they really grasp the fact that like, I, hey, my daughter is on like a show that's like played nationwide and like people like from all over the country hear hear her voice. And like, to me, I think that's super powerful, right? Yeah. And I don't know if they grasp it the same way, but I recently did a story with my dad um, called With You Peru. And I and I um, had him as a character. So what we do at Latino USA, we do a lot of long form narrative storytelling, right? And it's um, it's journalism, but it's it's told in a very storytelling way. So instead of giving mm. you the news, we're kind of developing a story through a character. But obviously, it's like one story in a larger, a larger story. So it, for the case of what well, the story of my dad and I, Peru went to the World Cup after 36 years, which was a huge deal. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and we went to Russia. And yeah, so I like, you know, I interviewed him. He spoke to me in Spanish. I had him on this episode speaking in Spanish. Of course, I would translate some parts. But, you know, that that one episode, like, had such, I think it, like, moved a lot of, just a lot of, not just Peruvians, but, like, other people who have relationships with their parents or, you know, share a bond with their father or mother right. through sports. And I think, right. like, 
it was relatable in that sense. But to me, like, all I can think was, like, I'm sharing a Peruvian American story. And, like, how powerful <laughs> is that? Like, will I be able, like, if I was on another show on NPR, like, would I be able to share this story? Or if I was working for another program, like, would the story ever exist? Like, who is sharing these stories if not me? And I think that, I think that really, like, helps, like, me put into perspective, like, the importance of what I do. And, and it's not just, like, obviously, I share more than just my story. That was just the latest one I did. But, you know, I... Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I think like for us and, you know, for me and like for everyone I work with, it's kind of like we're sharing these stories that will never, like no one ever goes into these communities and like finds these stories. And, and you know, it's like, so it's like, you know, majority of the people I work with are Latino. So it's kind of like we're telling our stories and I think that's powerful. So on that note, you're not really directly conscious of the fact that you're impacting and influencing community, but in, in reality, you are, right? Everything that you're doing, everything that you're bringing to the table with with this program is giving back in some way. Yeah, yeah, completely. And um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting because we are stuck in an office or I'm like in the office like eight plus hours a day in Harlem, which is like seven minutes from where I live. And I don't really see the impact it has on people because, you know, it's audio and someone can listen to it and I will never know, you know. But I went to a conference a few weeks ago and people were physically coming up to me and saying like, oh my God, like, you know, your story on this or like, you know, Latino say did that. And I was like, wow, you like, you know, I forget that people listen and like really like resonate with everything we do. And I think that's awesome because we do put a lot of work into it. Like I, I know I do too. And like, I know my coworkers do too. And yeah. And you know, we do it for love and obviously it's like what we love to do. We're journalists and we want to just get these stories out. You know, listening to, uh, with you, Prue, I really thought it was going to be like a, a multi-part series. I was kind of sad that it was, it was a little shorter. I was expecting like a day by day. This was day one at the world cup. This was, you know what I mean? But, um, I really enjoyed it, but I, I have a question with regarding, the role that you play now, yeah. right? Because I think it's very important to be in a, I can't think of an analogy, but you being at a larger network or mm-hmm. a production company that that is able to reach this many voices with the work that you do versus if you were to still do these stories, but independently, do you feel like there's like a a limitation in your in your creativity or do you feel, and, and stop me if like some of this is like uh, compromising to your job and you yeah. don't want to say it, I completely understand. <laughs> but do you feel like there's like a, a limitation or do you like work the system to get even, you know, further advancing the goal of, of, uh, exposing people to other cultures? Yeah, I think I, um, well, um, I'm going to answer the last question first, exposing people to other cultures. I think I, I work, um, like when I think of my stories, granted, like, I, I think we forget that NPR is like generally like we have a white audience that listens in their car, right. On the broadcast. It's like generally like an older white man audience. But I think I always think about my stories in a way that I'm not making them for white people, right? I'm making them for like people like, you know, just people of color, people who understand the immigrant experience, people who are kids of immigrants and people, you know, who like, you know, are like living like regular American, like, or well, like regular people going to sports bars, <laughs> I don't know, doing like regular American adult things and then coming home and like, you know, eating lomo saltado or like enchiladas <laughs> or whatever, you know? And I feel like I make stories for the, like them. Like, and I, and so I love exposing the different stories we have. And I guess when it comes to exposing different cultures, different people, like, I think it's awesome that like, 
a white person resonates with, uh, like an older white man resonates with a story that was not about them or not for them. Like I didn't make it with them in mind, but you know, it's obviously good storytelling. So they can resonate with it. And they're just like, Hey, they're humans. Like we are too, you know, but on the other note, um, uh, what was the first question you asked? Uh, it was like the limitation factor, right? Limitation you being factor. at NPR and it being a predominantly white uh, demographic, do you feel like you get, um, you have to be in a certain box to present your stuff? Yeah. Okay. So, um, no, because I, <laughs> no, and the only reason I say that is because, so I work, so Latino USA is, um, is created by Futuro Media and under Futuro Media that we're syndicated through NPR, right? So we have the editorial control. So because of that, stories like With You Peru or like my, my colleague Antonia did Frida Barbie and where she looked at the life of Frida, lives of Frida Kahlo and Barbie, <laughs> the doll, and, you know, kind of intertwined it and formed a storyline out of it. See, like those stories, like wouldn't, ex- I think they probably wouldn't exist if like our, our newsroom like could have been like, I don't know, it was a different editor, right? Like I think because mm-hmm. we editorially control our content we're allowed to be creative and we're all around, we're all in our thirties. Um, you know, we do have a senior producer who is in his forties, uh, but we're all relatively young. And, you know, I think, I think we all, we do like get creative and we do bounce around ideas and I never felt like I was limited. I always feel like, okay, I'm creative. So I'm going to get something out. And like my editors and my other coworkers are there to make sure it's polished and like great to be presented into the world. Right. So I think, I think we all work that way. So no, I, I I never feel like um I never feel like I'm I'm being limited. And thankfully, like I think I think that would have driven me away from the company a while ago because I'm I just like I feel like I need to be creatively like no satisfied. I think like I need to stay satisfied like creative wise, creatively because I don't know, I, I will get stifled and I'll want to move on. Who knows? I'll like I'll mm. move to the other side of the world again. I don't yeah, know. Right. But yeah, so like I, I need to be, I guess, happy with that portion of my career. And I think I am right now. So I think that's why I've stayed at the company for so long. I'm almost like two and a half years, which is long for me. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's long for anyone in our generation. Right. right? Yep. Um, but that leads me to to another question, right? The whole idea of the evolution of your career. You started in uh, music or hip hop or, or, mm-hmm. or however you want to categorize it. And now you're doing, uh, I guess, long form journalism storytelling, right? What, what's what's the next move for you, like creatively? <sighs> you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about that. And I don't know, I, I love, I love storytelling. Like I, I love this long form storytelling. So I mean, maybe for me, if I stay in audio, which I might, I, I really am enjoying it. And I and I always tell my friends like back home, because I, I left, you know, I left LA with a base, right? Like a foundation. When you're in uh-huh. your 20s, you build this like friendship around you, friendships and, you know, everything's kind of settled. And then you move like, in, like I moved like right before I turned 30. So for me, I like left all my friends home at home and, um, you know, and they have their own lives. And, you know, of course, over the years, like, one, you know, like people get married and people have kids and I'm not there to see it. So I'm always telling them like, I hate that I love my job, but like, I also like <laughs> hate that I live so far and I like can't pick, but you know, I'm choosing New York for a bit. Yeah. But yeah, so. Um, Which you answered, you answered like basically my next question, like just, you know, many people that are in production, they can be in it for the, the entire length of the career just because they really enjoy what they're doing and there's no need to go look for other things. But sometimes, uh, and just looking at how your journey has progressed, like you kind of continue to evolve 
And I don't know if you might see where you might be evolving next. Yeah. You know, um, I've always been, so I consider myself a multimedia journalist. Um, I Mm. know how to man a camera. Like I know how to do audio recording. I can like slice on Pro Tools. I can, you know, write a whole article. I can, I like, I've just, you know, I have all those muscles and I continually work them. So I don't know. I mean, I've always wanted to get back in front of the camera. I think Mm. that's something that I've been wanting to steer towards, but you know, I, I see myself, I guess, like for me, the next step would probably do be like long form, like maybe like do a series podcast, like a podcast series. I know you said like you wanted with you to Peru to be longer, but that would be my dream. My dream would be like to yeah. make longer podcasts, like on one topic, Yeah. whether it be like rate, like odd, like music documentaries or yeah. Yeah. I think that would be like, I think that would be satisfying this like creativity. Like how do we expand on a story and just bring you so many like scenes and I think I think that's like when I, I get the most creative and and I don't know it's it's so fun to me to like imagine or reimagine scenes with audio. I mean you guys I mean you guys work in audio creating this podcast so you know like I don't know just like the editing magic that goes on behind the scenes. And you're like <laughs> yeah, wow yeah, I yeah. sound really dumb in this like sentence. Let me just chop it out. Like I love all that. Like I I love 100%. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like wait I stuttered way too many times. Let me just like yeah, cut that out. That's um, our yeah every time I interview people Randy. I always tell them I'm like just you know get it out of your system. I will make you sound like a superstar. Do not worry. And they're like yeah. all right all right. But yeah, no, no, it's, uh, yeah, I see myself in audio now that I, cause I've been asked, you know, by my editors, like, they're like, I hope you stay in audio. And I was like, you know, I never thought about it. Cause I don't know where I would work after Latino USA. I feel like that's the place I wanted to go to and, and I made it there. And I know yeah. like eventually I'll move on, but I don't know. I don't know where, I don't know. Maybe there's like a podcast that needs to be created for me to go to, or maybe I can create my own. Who knows? What's your ultimate goal in your 30s? I mean, have you really thought about it, how to really make the 30s count? You know, I mean, I think my ultimate goal, and I, and I have, I have like, set goals. I'm, I'm all about the, the yearly goals, and I'm all about the, the five-year goals. Um, but I think I see myself in five years, like, I don't know, maybe starting a family, moving to LA for sure. Career-wise, I think I... I think I'm pretty set career-wise. Like, I think I know where I want to go. It's always, it's always those other things. Like, you know, what do I want to do next? But like, but I think of that in that way, like, oh, like, you know, personal life. Cause I always pretend to forget about my personal life. Cause I, I get so wrapped up in, in everything else. I think like, I, I mean, I've told myself, like, I want to live in Peru for about six, six months to a year if I can. Um, really. That'd be dope. Yeah. Like I want to just really reconnect with that, that side of that. me. I'm sorry. Have you ever been back? Yeah, I uh, so I was born in LA, but my parents, you know, they immigrated in the '80s, and I used to go every three years, and I haven't been back since I was 22. So it's oh, been wow. it's almost been 10 years. Uh, I do want to go back this year, but I do want to also, you know, go back for a long time, like six months, and get my citizenship and do oral history with families, uh, with oral histories with my family. Um, an extended family and kind of just, you know, uh, my grandparents, they grew up speaking indigenous languages. Uh, so I kind of wow. want to go to their small towns and talk to my uncles or aunts that are still there and, you know, kind of like live with them for a bit and like really understand, you know, how my parents and grandparents and all the sacrifices they made. I think, I think for me, it's like really diving into those, you know, into those, um, 
went to those worlds for me to like, you know, kind of reflect on like how grateful I am for like everything. Awesome. Well, we definitely appreciate you coming on the show and definitely want our listeners to reach out if they, if anything that was discussed today resonated with them along the lines of, you know, being a part of the greater media presence and contributing to your community in a way that you never thought you would and transitioning from your 20s to your 30s. And now you have that platform to kind of speak out and speak up and and kind of tell stories and and share experiences. I think that's very relatable. And I think a lot of people can appreciate what you're bringing to the table and what you do. Um, So in that regard, where can the people find you and find out more about the podcast? Yes. Well, you can find me on all socials. My uh, handle is Janice, J-A-N-I-C-E, Yamoka, L-L-A-M-O-C-A. Yeah, I'm probably the only Janice Yamoka in the world. (laughs) I am pretty, pretty positive. (laughs) I I Google my name all the time. Um, And you can hear the show on latinausa.org or like um, you can search for it on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Um, I know Randy doesn't have an iPhone now, I learned. Wow. (laughs) I'm throwing you out there, green bubble. I'm throwing you out there. Um, Also, for any, like, aspiring journalists, you know, I think, like, creating... I think, like, you know, obviously, I think everyone gets into this um, career for, I don't know, just, like, spreading information or, you know, getting stories heard that have never been heard. But, you know, I think, like, you know, maybe look into audio. I think that's... I don't know. I, I've become enamored with it. I started in writing and, you know, just the thought of putting someone's voice on air is extra powerful to me. So, yeah, if you're an aspiring journalist, think about audio and we happily take interns. Awesome. And Randy, where can the people find you? You can find me anywhere and everywhere at I am Randy Z. Turg? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Turg Says No. Thanks, Janice, for coming on. We really <laughs> appreciate it. Thank you for subscribing to another episode of Talk 30 to Me. We hope you enjoyed and continue to share it with friends. Make sure to stop by our website at talk30tome.com for more content and information about the podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcasts. And if you really like what you hear, make sure to leave us an awesome five-star review. For Talk 30 to Me, I'm Turg. And I'm Randy Z. Peace. <laughs>
feel you. It's funny, Strangers was the first podcast I got into also. Really? So you know what it's about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It got away from the original storyline. And I, I really like how it came One of my favorite stories was, uh, was the Smoking Joe or something like that. Where yeah. he went on the Learjet. Uh, damn it. <laughs> I totally forgot what I was going to say. Uh.